Welcome back, podcast listeners. We're here with episode 162 today, and Tony, you've brought me in help today. You've, I've been talking about my golf game and how it's improving, but you thought, I need lessons, I need to hear from a champion, and so you got me a guest. I got you a guest, and she was crowned last week uh, the World Junior Golf uh, Champion. So welcome, Keely Marks, who's the World Junior Female Golf Champion. Uh, from the IMG Classic you played in San Diego last week. I did, thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, it was an exceptional week for myself. It was a cool experience and I can't believe I came away with the win. It was awesome. Keely, I very rarely get an or text message from your father on the weekend, but that was one straight to the point. Very early as well. So it was, uh, he was a, oh, I know both your parents are extremely proud of you and your brothers, Uh, but... He was a very, very proud dad seeing his, his, his baby girl. Oh, absolutely. I uh, got off the course, you know, signed my scorecard, you know, did a little bit of celebration with my team and then, you know, straight on to FaceTime with the family. And apparently my dad just woke the whole house up. Uh, he was ecstatic. Um, they didn't realise it was live scoring throughout the week. Um, yeah, and they've just gone, can't believe she did it. You know, I won't say the words that he said because it's not quite appropriate. I, but, I, I um, bet I can imagine the yeah, words he said. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, um, yeah, but I was so awesome to be able to celebrate with them all. Like they all work just as hard as I do, getting me to the golf course and everything like that, and just being able to celebrate with them pretty soon after was pretty cool. But before we get into your story, do you want to touch on what the tournament was? While we're talking world championship, at IMG is quite famous within sporting circles. Um, I think people might have seen Ben Simmons going to those schools around there. But how were you invited? Even the movie Jerry Maguire was based on IMG. Yeah, show me the money. How were you invited? How did it come about? Um, and how did you sort of feel around the tournament? Yeah, so I was invited by Golf Australia. So I was able to go over there as a team, represent my country and play over there, which was pretty cool. Um, the event was, it was awesome. Like it was just a massive event to be around. It was probably the biggest event I've ever played in in my life. Um, and I was able to perform at a good level. So I was happy with that. Um, but yeah, it was just... Um, I was just lucky enough to be chosen by Golf Australia just off um, how my year's been going and my rankings throughout Australia and the world. How many other people went over Australia with you to represent? Um, so I was one of five girls and there were four boys and three managers. So it was a pretty big team to go over. Um, yeah, it was really good to go over with them all. You also won the, was it the female teams world championships as well? Is that correct? Or just the teams world championship? Um, so we won the Australian interstate series. So um, it was all states in Australia against each other um, performing um, top five girls in each state um, playing against each other so that was pretty cool um, captaining that alongside the boys team as well so we won the women's and the mixed teams which was pretty cool so there's not much room at home with the trophy cabinets at the moment uh, it is slowly mum growing and da- mum and dad's <laughs> trophies have to start getting put aside is that absolutely. right absolutely theirs can go in the boxes for now mine can be out for now well, they were but, pretty um, talented in the sport cool. themselves your mum and dad oh absolutely so I do remember <laughs> so both but I think did your mum still hold the Australian, uh, I think under 15 or under 13, uh, discus championship or Victorian discus record or something. So I have heard that, yes. Yeah. And she's my age, so <laughs> she's held that for quite some time. Well, Tony, do you want to start on that story of, of how you were introduced to the family um, and, and sort of a little backstory that you were giving us before? Yeah, so, well, first of all, I should state that uh, Darren and Rochelle have actually been our longest serving clients in here. Yep. So I've been in the industry 30 years and Darren's, uh, Darren and Rochelle have been clients for 28 years. So it's been, it's been a long time. I've known your family longer than that. 
uh, your grandparents uh, on your dad's side, oh, actually, and also on your mum's side. I've met them a few times. The it goes back to when I first met Darren when I was thirteen, and he was fifteen when your grandmother was actually in hospital. But the real story of how you're around Keely is because when they both qualified for the Australian Junior World Championships, which was over in Beijing. Uh, it was, my dad was approached of could he help out in respect to helping fund to get Darren across there and uh, dad got that organised and said yes and got that organised and there's a wonderful photo of your dad with hair uh, with my dad who had a big mop of an afro of hair and, and congratulating him sending him off and, and thus your parents fell in love on that trip and some 30, oh geez, what, 35 years later or so there's still unbelievably happily together so it's um, as a result uh, that's how I met the family and been friends with Darren and Rochelle ever since. I like, I like the backstory especially to see there's the sport in the family but Keely we were talking before who inspired you to get into golf um, and how did that whole story come about? Yeah so I first started um, my dad was the reason just um, being a lawyer being told basically you're going to learn how to somewhat be able to hit a golf ball to play corporate days um, when sponsors invite us, etc. So he's like, oh, I've, got to, I've got to get lessons to be able to hit the golf ball. Um, so he brought my brothers along. Um, I had no interest at the time. My brothers fell in love with the game um, and ended up getting golf lessons um, down in Yarrabat. Um, Yarrabat. Um, yeah, and then you know, probably about a month or so later, I decided that you know I wanted to be a part of it because my brothers were doing it. Um, yeah, so I got a driver cut down for me and went from there. So that was pretty cool. Um, just being the youngest in the family, you always want to copy everything your brothers do. Um, yeah, but when so you say the youngest, you were five or six? Uh, I reckon, yeah, about five or six. Um, yeah, I think I was in about prep. So, um, yeah, I just I don't know why I enjoyed it. I just, you know, it's cool to see yourself succeed by hitting the ball and not missing it. And, yeah, that was the biggest um, achievement back then. So that was pretty cool. And then just following my brothers from there. Can I ask how that has also, because your dad posts lots of photos, uh, can I ask how that's also transpired over to other sports as well? Because I've seen you softball. And yeah. I think you hit the the uh, winning run for Yarra Valley girls there at, uh, just a few months ago. So it seems to have carried over to a whole lot of other sports for you as well, just not just, I mean, being the world champion in golf, but there's other sports that seems to have carried over as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I play um, first softball for my school and first hockey as well. So um, what you were just talking about, so we made the we won the premiership this year, which was pretty cool, and did hit the home run. I think it is a lot to do with golf, just eye-hand coordination, um, being able to hit the ball as hard and as far as I can. Um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And then obviously hockey. Um, I love playing that. It's just a cool team aspect as well. Golf doesn't quite give you that all the time, so it's good to be able to play both those sports and get the best of both worlds. Can I circle back just a moment? You spoke about your brothers, uh, Cody and Shay, your two older yeah. brothers. Uh, two lovingly older brothers. Shay nowadays in major competitions here in Australia or in Melbourne at least uh, caddies for you? Yes uh, he does. Yeah yes. he does and I've heard he's a very good caddy. He absolutely is yes. Yeah so not just because he's a big brother but he actually is a brilliant caddy as well and a brilliant golfer in his own right as is Cody. Was there that little bit of uh, competition growing up between the three of you or was it just something because I do know the family is unbelievably close. Yeah. 
So was it that little bit of competition, but also you just following your big brothers around and doing what they did, you just happened to be, end up the world champion? Um, we've always been competitive, the three of us. So, you know, if we're playing, it's, you know, we're, we're trying to beat each other, absolutely, hands down. Um, and they're the reason that I decided to start playing off the blue tees with them. Um, so then if I ever beat them off the red tees, I'd be like, well, it's not the same, you know, we're off further tees than you. So then I was like, well, okay, hang on. I'm going to start learning how to hit off the tees with you guys to then, you know, prove to them that I can beat you occasionally. Yeah, I actually am better than you, boys. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the main reason I started to play off the blue tees, you know, just being able to go, hey, you know, I do train hard and I can try beat you sometimes. Um, yeah, but always a loving and supportive family. Um, they are always there for me no matter what. So Shay, one of my brothers, caddies for me in as many events as he can fit into his uni and work schedule. And then my other brother, Cody, caddies for me um, on the weekend in like Sunday pennant because he works full time. So he can't take time off in the week. Um, yeah, so they're, if they can be there, they'll be there. They are my biggest fans and I can love I, that. Can I ask that question? And because I do know your family are so close and there's, you know, you, you're probably even underplaying that the way you've said it, but because it's when when you're from an outsider looking in, you say, "Wow, you know, it's just a wonderful family." In respect to how you've all bonded and grown together as a family too, and your parents were young parents also. So it's but can I ask uh, the question of that training to start with? You're currently fun well finishing year twelve this year. Yeah. Uh, you will be off to university, which we'll touch on in a moment, but the Doing year 12, going to school, training to to now be a world champion, you do put in up to four hours training a day, I believe, on top of school, yes. on top of homework, on top of study. Yeah. Uh, and I do know that at times both mum and dad have been up at 4, 4.30 to get you to the golf course, to get you training and things like that as well. Can you get a bit of a background of that and how does a young girl how does a young girl decide that you're going to get up at 4 30 and you're going to as a result of that sacrifice a lot of that teenage social life that you that young teenage girls will go through to be able to do that and to be able to achieve their thing can you tell me about your mindset there um i feel like from like a young age i feel like i've always been the youngest at the golf events and you i you know from stepping out of a junior tournament to go to an amateur event, you're getting people that, you know, they could be 10 years older than you, and you're like, well, they're beating me, and I don't appreciate that at all. And then you're like, well, how can I become a better golfer? Yes, they have years on me, but that can't be my excuse. Oh, you know, they're 10 years older than me, like, they're stronger than me. Well, it's not the only perspective that, you know, how you can improve. So upping your training is 100% one thing, but it's not always about golf. It can be gym, Pilates, you know, mentally, physically, anything like that. So I was like, it's my only way to pursue what I want to do. And if I want to do this in the future, then I've got to get a lot better and I've got to try become the best. Um, so I think that was the biggest thing. So started going to golf before school, go to school, go after school. And I think that's kind of like why I'm at the level that I'm at. I just got to figure out how to become the best. So you've got to train like the best and you've got to have the hours in the day to do it. And if I'm training three hours a day, my competitor's training four hours a day, then I'm an hour a day every day kind of way. It's kind of thing. So I think I was just able to figure that out and go, I don't want to be behind straight away. I got to get in front. 
Could you give us a little bit of an insight as to what your training week looks like? Yeah, yep. Um, so at the moment I'm doing Pilates in the morning. So I do that for about an hour before school. Um, and then I'll go to school and then depending on the day, but I'll go to golf for about three to four hours, do gym for about an hour after school and then um, study and repeat. Or um, if I finish school early, I might be able to go to high performance training in Sandringham um, and that goes for about five hours and that includes gym, physio, all that stuff. And I try to keep on track with schooling on top of that. Um, but, you know, or another day might be I do all of that and then I get to see my coach for two hours. So I see him fortnightly um, or it might include at the end of all of that, a half an hour phone call with my sports psych. Um, yeah. Tell us about your sports psych. Mindset to me is a massive thing in all aspects of life, uh, whether it's um, business, whether it's sport, whether it's just life in general and being able to stay centred and calm uh, during certain circumstances. Can you tell me about that, your sports psych, and getting you in that right frame of mind to be a champion? You know, and what, what I said earlier is the mindset of a world champion who's, you're, you're 18, you know, so you seem to be far more centred than a lot of 18-year-olds that I've met um, as well. So tell us about that mindset yeah. and what you are taught. Yeah, um, so I see Jamie Glazier. Um, so he's my sports psych. Um, I've been seeing him for a few years now. I saw him when I was a lot younger, stopped for a little bit just because everything got a lot. And then I was like, it's a massive part in my golf. I need to you know, continue to see him. So I've been seeing him for probably the last two years full on now. Um, and I think it's been the best thing for me, especially during COVID and everything. I needed him to help me figure out what I needed to focus on to get out of COVID and still be at the level that I'm at. Um, so we made sure that we were training for hours, you know, during COVID, you know, in the gym or in the backyard. Um, and he just helps me figure out what perspective I need to see my next goal from. So going away to the IMG last week, we, you know, year 12 is a lot, so I'm unable to, you know, train as much as I'm hoping some weeks because I've got heaps of sacks or tests on. So um, going into the school holidays, I knew that I had two weeks prior to that event to smash out as much training as I could. Um, and so I, you know, I was on the phone with him heaps just saying, okay, like, you know, I'm feeling on top of golf right now, but I need to make sure that I'm in the right perspective mindset on that first hole, like the event doesn't start, you know, in the third round when I'm trying to go to that moving day, it's from day one, like every hole counts from there. Um, and we're just making sure that we're focusing on the right thing, making sure that I wasn't nervous going to the event because um, I haven't played a few events lately. Um, so just making sure that I knew that competitiveness and go from there. Now, from what I understand is you haven't played a few events lately because you do have to finish year 12. Absolutely. And you yes. go to university next year as well. So, it's, yeah. um, so you've actually had to sacrifice a few events just prior to going to world championships because you've also got school and things like that as well how does a young uh, a young amazing athlete cope with not turning up to an event because they have to potentially pass an exam to go to university knowing that you've got world championships around the corner it's extremely hard to figure it out and have it in your head saying this is going to help me long term but that is what you have to focus on, that this will help me long term. If I get the grades that I need, I'm now going to go to college for four years. I'm going, one event might jeopardise my schooling, um, so I need to make sure that I can focus on the future. So one event, is that going to change my life? 
depends what it is. IMG, yes, maybe. But if it's a local comp or, you know, a comp that doesn't, might not get my name out there as much or, you know, might not be as high competition, maybe I can miss it that week, focus on my schooling so then I can get the grades I need to go to college. So the other girls must be really thrilled that you had to focus on your schooling. <laughs> so it's, give them a chance to get some silverware as well. So it's... Uh, but with the... On that, how did, how did it feel turning up to day one, hole number one, for your very first shot at a world championship. Is this your first world championship, correct? Yes. Yep. So it wasn't just your first world championships, you walked away in first place. But how did that very first tee off on hole one feel? How were the nerves? What were you thinking? What's going through your head? Yep. Honestly, I don't think anything could have got me prepared for that first tee shot. I was extremely nervous, probably 30 college coaches watching, you know, on the balcony on the tee box and you're like, oh, I hit this poorly and I've just unimpressed every single one of them. Um, yeah, so I was a bit nervous going down the first hole. I bogeyed the first hole of the tournament. I'm like, this is going to be a really great week. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, oh, it's a really great start. But um, from there, I just knew first hole is always going to be the hardest hole of the event. I'm nervous, you know, I'm trying to come out here and prove myself and prove everybody that, you know, might not even think of me as a great golfer. And I'm just like, first hole is out of the way. You're no longer nervous. You've got to get over it and you've just got to put it behind you. And I think I was able to do that. Can I ask a quick question? You said you bogeyed the first hole. How many other girls did? Probably a lot, honestly. Okay. So you weren't the only one. Lot. So yes. was, did that make you feel a bit better? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you want to talk the four days? So is it over four days? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. So how did Ten you under for the four days? Yes. Mm. How, how did you go over the four days? Was there a strong day? Did you keep consistent? How did you go about it? Um, honestly, I feel like I played super solid for all four rounds. The first two rounds, I went one under, one over. And I was just, I was on the phone to Jamie, was talking to my managers um, that went over with me. I was like, I don't understand my scores. I am hitting it so well. Just the score isn't reflecting how well I'm hitting it. And I go into round three after talking to them all, going after my event to the putting green, the range, everything saying, I've got to get this, like, I am ready. It is just not happening. And after I've done that third round, I'm in the car on the way there with one of the managers and I'm like, it's happening today. I'm going to play well. I don't know what anybody else is thinking, but I'm going to, and I go shoot seven under. I don't know if I was able to call that or not, but I'm just saying that, yeah, it came out of nowhere. I was just finally able to prove the score that I feel like I've been hitting for the past two days. What position were you in after the first two rounds? I think I was roughly around 25th. So I And was, after the third round? Uh, second. Second. Yeah. Yep. And you're just one behind the leader I at that was, stage, weren't yeah, you? Yeah. Big move up the uh, up the scorecard there. Absolutely, yeah. After Is that the, the right terminal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up the leaderboard. Yeah. The leaderboard. Thank you. No, that's okay. <laughs> so, so with the last day, do you get paired with the leader? I was, yeah. So myself, um, the leader, and the other person that was square with me. Yeah. How did you all go together? Was there? It was a tense. You know, talk us through that last day. Um, I'm a very chatty person on the golf course. I tend to not shut up. I love a good chat. Um, yeah, so, like her dad. <laughs> <laughs> so after um, the first few holes, I was trying to gauge like what type of people they are, whether they're going to talk to me. So well, they were pretty chatty after probably like, this, you know, chatty up to about the sixth hole. And then they both had a pretty poor sixth hole and I birdied it and bang, that was three shots. I was leading by two after six holes. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. And uh, they did <laughs> not. They still want to talk. 
<laughs> and they're yeah. like, this isn't cool. And they went very quiet from there. Okay. Um, but I was like, I was upbeat, you know, I was like, oh, wow, I'm winning now. Um, yeah, I was just talking to myself, keeping myself company, um, like I always do. But um, yeah, it was pretty cool um, from there. Back in the position I'm used to. <laughs> so, it's, um, so coming into the 18th, how were the positions looking at that stage? Um, so I was equal first with um, one of the other Americans and then the other one was I think two shots back so so talk us through that last hole then it was it was daunting again something that par four four, something that you can't practice you can put yourself in many situations but that is not one especially at that level of an event Um, I was so nervous I don't even know how to describe it like I had my eyes closed on the tee box I was just like just go breathe, get the heart rate down. Um, I was honestly thinking, how high is my heart rate? My whoop will be screaming at me right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so just trying to get my heart rate down. I'm like, I'm teeing off first. Like, I just want to get it out of the way. And I've just sliced it to the right. There's like 300 meters to the left that I could have gone. It was open, very open to the left. And I've hit it right. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. We can figure this out. Um, my playing partners both had done the middle of the fairway. I was like, that's fine charge off to my ball um yeah and then hit it short chipped it up I was like okay this is fine and then my opponent hits it into the bunker plugs in the punk in the bunker face I was like that's unfortunate (laughs) (laughs) really is that what you said (laughs) yeah um and then she um kept it in the bunker kept it in the bunker and then hit it out I'm like this girl in the back nine she's gone eagle birdie 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 she's five under through four of the holes in the back nine I'm like was not expecting that to happen like she's just come back from nowhere and then to make triple on the last and made up and down for bogey I'm like I've just won with yeah. bogey and she's tripled like you do feel sorry like you're like we've both fought so hard for these four days and to come down to the last one we've both like cracked under pressure but you just get you cracked just, just one less yeah. <laughs> so it's um, um wow yeah what a story. Yeah, well, I think I'm trying to think about how many times I try to chip out of the bunker and I'm like, it's the pros, it's just not me. <laughs> no, this is, this is great. So you're now a world champion. Uh, so actually, we should state before we go on to that. So it's um, and unbelievable. Congratulations. Thank uh, you. As I said, it's, it's a rarity that your dad will send me a text on a weekend, but that was very early. <laughs> so it's, um, the... In regards to you are you've got a scholarship uh, or you've been offered a scholarship uh, to Iowa State is that correct yes. over in uh, the US? Yeah. Uh, tell us about that. Tell us about because uh, I believe you interviewed a few universities. Uh, yes, I applied to about thirty-five colleges. Okay. Because um, I didn't know who was going to apply. You can never know. Um, so yeah, I sent them to ones that. I thought would never reply, ones that I thought would definitely reply and some that I was like, oh, you know, would really hope for them to reply. And I yeah, spoke to probably about 15 colleges that replied um, and got a lot of offers, but one just stood out completely. I um, was interviewed by um, Christy Martin from Iowa and she was just... She Who's was just, Christy? Um, Christy's the head coach at Iowa. Um, she was just different. I don't know how to excri- describe it. She just she was just so much of a like a person a lot of the time I get interviewed and you know they're the coach and I'm a number where with her I it was it was a conversation just straight away and a lot of the time when I spoke to other colleges it was them asking the questions and them interviewing me even though it should have been both ways where with Christy it was 
I was the one, you know, drilling her with the questions, asking her everything. Um, and she just let it, she just was like, yep, answering everything. And then, you know, the next time I called her, she was asking me the questions and letting me answer everything. And then it was always a one, like, it was never a one-way thing. It was always like, this will be best for you. This will be best for you. She gave me, she was telling me things that I might not have wanted, not wanted of hear, um, to hear and things that I would love to have heard. Um, and I think that was the best thing. Um, I think that I'm going to be able to, you know, play college golf for four years and never get sick of Iowa, never get sick of the team and love the coach that I've chosen to be with. Um, yeah, and their facilities. Have you met her? Have you met her face to face? I met her at the IMG. In um, San Diego, yeah. Yeah, um, we went out to lunch. I think it was only meant to go for probably 20 to 30 minutes. It went for about two hours. We were just, you know, having an amazing chat and it was never awkward. It was never anything like that. It was just, it was like I was going to lunch with somebody that I can't wait to hang out with for four years. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing because obviously moving countries over a day's worth of travel to get home, you want to be with somebody that wants you there just as much as you want to be there and somebody that will open up their like their home to you and you can be a part of their family. And I think that is exactly what I've chosen. How does it feel to be leaving home to go overseas to pursue your sporting identity and who you are as young Keely Marks? at the age of 18 and the reason why I asked the question is because I did at the age of 18 and left home and went over to Canada to live to pursue my sporting career. Uh, nothing like yours, it was just fun. Uh, but in saying that though, I thought I knew the world until I got over there and realised I was just, I just felt like a little boy all of a sudden. You know, I didn't have mum and dad there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's uh, so it's different different mindset. Now, I didn't go to university, so it was just part of a pro triathlon team, so that was different uh, with people who were older than me. Uh, but how does it feel for you in respect to going to university? In, in America, everyone seems to leave home to go to university. Yeah. Uh, they don't just go, like, us to Melbourne Uni or to RMIT, etc. Yeah. So everyone there, I, I assume, is going to have moved there from somewhere. So they're all in a similar boat to you, just with different accents, is that fair? Yeah, that's probably, yeah, dead yeah. on, yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie, I'll be extremely nervous, um, probably get homesick straight away because I'm very close to my family. You're so chatty. So you'll <laughs> make friends. True. You'll I, make friends very quickly. I won't, I won't <laughs> shut up, that is true. Um, but I think that, again, long term, I think it'll be the best opportunity for me. Australia can offer me nearly everything college can, minus the competition that they'll be able to give me. I, money, everything, Golf Australia can to a degree give me, not everything, but America will be able to help me get my name out there, play against world number one, world number two, day in, day out. College will be able to give me everything if I want to then turn pro. Australia doesn't have that competition and it's so hard to, you know, leave home, but again long term and I know my family don't necessarily want me to leave but they would love me to go pursue what I want to do. Are they also your biggest supporters too? It's yeah. that real, I think from a parent's perspective it's that real, you, you, you don't want to let go of your baby 
Yeah. But you realise letting go of your baby is the greatest thing in the world that's ever going to happen to you. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've had secret chats with your dad. So <laughs> it's, uh, so I can, he's, he's certainly your, well, you and his, and your mum, uh, he's definitely your greatest supporters. Oh, you know? absolutely. Yeah. They're there for me. And sorry, sorry, Cody and Shay, but <laughs> mum and dad are definitely the biggest supporters. Yeah, no, they've sacrificed so much and I will never be able to repay them for that. But I'm so grateful for everything that they've done. The amount of money that they are putting into me is insane. It is, I'll never be able to, you know, say how grateful I am for that. But the opportunities that they have now given me is endless and I'll never be able to, you know, it's insane. Yeah. What's a college schedule look like um, with golf? Because I'm guessing there's going to be a fair bit of travelling to go and play against these people. Yeah. So when they're in their peak season, they're travelling, I'm pretty sure, like every week um, to different states, um, playing against different colleges. Um, so they have compulsory 20 hours a week of training, yep. um, but you're expected to train 20 hours by yourself as well. Yep. Um, but college, you're always there with somebody. So at home here, I'm training by myself. Over there, I'll be able to train with people nonstop, which would be awesome to you know compare yourself to them um, and everything like that. But a college day, it's... I think it's pretty full on with all the schooling and everything like that, travel, but I think they're they're pretty good at helping you manage all that with tutors and everything like that. Yeah, and rules have changed in the NCAA um, around marketing your own brand. Um, you know, they were quite strict for a very long time around even taking a meal from somebody yeah. um, and that could ruin your eligibility. So um, do you want to explain a few of the different things out there that, you know, you can actually market your brand? Yeah, so now... Um, you're able to get sponsored in college. Um, you obviously can't um, take money off, like if you win or if they're like you know bribing or whatever. But you're able to take endorsements such as clothing, um, maybe like money to help you go towards events and travel and stuff like that. But it can't necessarily be like we'll pay you to wear this yeah. um, kind of thing. But yeah, a lot of like people can you know give you money to help you play an external event in college um, or wear something along those lines can you totally ignorant question here but can you sign a contract which is for comes in in the future so could you sign a contract with nike today where it doesn't actually start until you've left college where you can actually then get a financial benefit or do you have to wait until you've left college i'm pretty sure you can sign something and they like might help you with clothing and endorsements and stuff like that and then that might go for six years and then they'll go, we'll look back at this and we'll add money to it. Um, that's my understanding, yeah. I think. So it's a future first right of refusal yeah. in a way. So they've, it's a, they've tweaked rules a lot. So I'm, yeah. Totally ignorant. No legal advice. But yeah, it's, it's just really interesting that you do have... I, I, I remember the uh, coming winning a junior triathlon event when I was 14. And juniors was under 21 at that stage and first prize was a trophy and $10 and my dad wouldn't let me go up and collect it because he still thought I might have a shot at the Olympics and swimming which I never did but as uh, but if I took that $10 uh, I was potentially going to be classed as a professional and be ineligible wow. for uh, the Olympics that's how strict it was in Australia anyway in Russia they were just all uh, army officers 
apparently. <laughs> so getting paid huge amounts of money as army officers yeah. to train full time and make the Olympic team. So it was interesting how strict it was back then. I mean, and I was dirty on my dad because $10 goes a long way as a 14 year old, Absolutely. 40 years ago. It was, um, but in saying that though, he actually bought me a trophy on the side and actually put a $10 note in it. So that way I was not classed as a professional, but I still got my $10. So it was, it was, that was a very big thing for me. But it's, it is interesting though that it's not so much to the detriments of your future, but you are getting a university education through this as well yeah that because is your ability in sport that is the biggest thing i don't quite have an interest in studying in australia because then it's you know it's not paid for you know nothing like that you don't get the support like you get in college you don't get free tutors or anything like that where you go to college you get the best of both worlds. you get to play the sport that has taken you over there for a free education and you get, you get to study and play golf at the same time I, have you chosen a major yet no, not quite. I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, Don't do law. Sorry, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen, I've seen the stress of here. So no, thank you. Um, yeah, but I'm not too sure yet. But I will, uh, I'll figure it out soon. I'm sure. Yeah. So it hasn't been all smooth sailing. Um, we were talking before, especially around COVID and, and a back injury. Do you want to just touch on that a little bit and, and sort of the struggle that you went through there? As a 16-year-old. Yes. Mm. Yep. Um, so back injury and COVID kind of started at the same time. Started 2020. Um, it was it was a hard time um, yeah I didn't just everything hitting at once it was kind of like yay <laughs> you know it's hard to deal with both um, but I was able to get through it through family and my team around me um, yeah so my back injury I did feel the discs in my lower back and then had a lot of trouble walking um, just because I had a lot of like my leg like tendons in my legs were like pulling um got bruising down my legs everything like that so I tried a lot of different things but um with the support from Golf Australia I was able to see physios you know twice a week um and now we've got a very great relationship me and my physio um Mr. Friends. <laughs> absolutely um he's such an amazing guy and he helped me get through that um yeah so thank you so much for that um absolutely um but yeah it took me nearly over a year I'd say but tell me that mindset I mean did you ever have doubts that you'd ever be able to play like you did uh, prior and things like that I mean how what was the mindset of a young 16 year old what were you going through at that stage um, definitely at the start no I thought it was smooth sailing I thought it was just going to be a three week back injury and I'd be totally fine I'd be back out on the golf course in no time but uh, from memory did you have a we'll call it a disagreement with your dad where you wanted to go and play an event and he said no because of the injury happened and then the physical many times okay <laughs> many many times no I'm totally fine <laughs> as I'm yeah. hobbling out <laughs> your dad's had a few injuries in his day so it's uh, and he's a bit crooked and hobbling because of his injuries that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I did try go back numerous times, but it just wasn't the right thing to do. Um, yeah, and then I probably stopped playing golf in Feb of 2020. Um, tried to go back in December, just didn't work, couldn't get through 18 holes without being in pain. So I took an extra six months off kind of thing. It was It was a lot to go through. But as I said, I just... Once I never, like, I obviously had those doubts that I wasn't going to be able to come back to golf, but I just, I'm not a very open person with feelings and everything like that. And that was a time that I had to be open about what I was thinking. I had to open up to Jamie. I had to open up to Michael, my swing coach. I had to open up to my family, which I never do. Like, I just like to keep to myself. Um, and I had to explain to them, I'm like, I got no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to, like, do this. I'm 
scared that I'm not going to be able to play golf again. It's a big thing for a 16-year-old yeah. to actually, first of all, open up and secondly, have the, have the trusted people actually in your corner around you. Yeah. who tell you how it is not necessarily what you want to hear yeah absolutely and they told me straight out like you'll play when that is we don't know um so trying to deal with covid deal with online school and deal with a back injury not knowing when anything was ending it, it was hard not gonna lie i was at the lowest point I'm only 16 can't be that low there's many more to come but I had no idea what I was doing. Um, yeah. But I'm just glad that, you know, once I was able to build my way up, seeing my physio, you know, two times a week, um, then I started to hit in the net in the backyard, do some gym, you know, try to do some core work, etc., and build my way up. That gave me a massive goal to be like. Is that I'm where you started back. all your Pilates as well, or were you I doing did, Pilates yeah. prior? Uh, no, I never did Pilates until my back injury after, and everybody's like, oh, Pilates will do it, so now do it. Yeah. yeah. And I love it. It's really good. Um, but, yeah, once I was able to, you know, figure it all out and, you know, just be able to start again, I was like, I'm doing this. Like, nobody's holding me back. I'm, I've got everybody on board that needs to be on board, um, and I was able to do it. But the biggest thing with my injury, I was able to figure out who my true friends were and who were actually – there for me for my ability and who were there for me for for me yeah um and it was so good to realize that at the lowest point i was able to figure out exactly who i wanted to be and who i wanted to do it with great realization for a 16 year old but i also believe that that time away from the sport uh certainly messed up your world rankings yes absolutely. yeah so to but was it a case of that people still know Keely Marks as, you know, the champion, always always up there on the podium, uh, but even though you had a world ranking that didn't reflect your success at that time? So I believe even going into world championships this year, your first ever world championships, you had a ranking of 148. Was that correct? Uh, after the world championships. After the world championships. Yeah, so it was 148 and before it was about 195, I think. Okay, yeah. so you've gone in 195 as a, uh, as a world ranking and won the world championships. Yes. That must feel great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And like coming out of, I think, November last year, so not too long ago, I think I was 2,500 in the world. And now being able to prove to myself and prove to everybody that might not have replied to me for college, everybody that doubted me coming back out of my injury, that I've dropped over 2,000 spots in the world. It's not bad. In, what, seven months kind of thing, eight months? Yeah, you dropped over 2,000 spots or 2,300 spots, but you're still the world champion. (laughs) (laughs) You still won the world championship. So it's... uh, But it's interesting, though, that people obviously doubted whether you could actually come back but except for those you're in a circle yeah yeah so I, I certainly um i did see a, uh, a shot of um your oldest brother's uh, instagram post of you becoming world champion he was yes he was ra- rather yeah. excited yes <laughs> so. um, both my brothers posted something for me um yeah, yeah it was really nice of them um yeah yeah. But having but knowing that where you are on route to be a world champion, that dream at the age of sixteen is well, we now know thankfully was a setback yeah. uh, for you. Uh, you probably became stronger in your mindset as a result of that by having the right people in your corner yeah. and not 
not allowing necessarily, it didn't sound like you did, but not necessarily allowing you to give up on your dream still. Yeah, And then the next step of coming back is 2,500, as you said, a whole heap of universities not interested in talking to you with a ranking like that. Um, And then winning the world championships and them all coming running to you now. Very, very different. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Um, But I'm very happy with my decision. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so, and that's where I did want to call this the the mindset of a world champion it's to go through that as a 16 well since the age of five but as a 16 year old and those changes because although last time I saw you I will let you know because I didn't remind you out there but I thought I'd wait until we're on air last time I actually saw you was watching Jimmy Barnes in concert at Rochford Winery and you had one too many donuts and vomited uh, in your mum's hair. I remember that. Do you? I so do I. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and your mum with her long blonde hair is getting <laughs> donut big. He said that And it's honestly, I think you're probably uh, about 10 years old. So it's not as if you drank too much. You just had too many donuts. So, so you, you remember that as well. Okay. I remember that. Yeah, no, so do I. Or <laughs> Richard trying to get Donut, cinnamon donut out of her hair was I didn't know whether to laugh or dry rich <laughs> so it was quite funny but anyway they're still in your corner <laughs> so it's um but to to go from that young five-year-old to now being 18 about to t- be a world champion now about to take on that next step in your development of going out to the big bad world uh, by yourself yeah. you know so still having everyone in your corner but not going home to your mum's beautifully cooked meal anymore. So it's something like that. So that mindset is quite inspiring for any young person, which I know will carry over to uh, either when you're ranked number one in golf and any future career after that as well. But the that discipline and that mindset, it will set you up for life. So do, do you think that's something that you've always had or it's just been something that has been always encouraged in you to not give up or not not believe in yourself. Um, I have a lot of self doubt, but I try we all to. Do. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. So that's something that I've been trying to figure out and everything like that. So that's why, obviously, I think we we're speaking about it before. Um, idols and having I have more than one. I have three that I look up to for each and everything that they have. Um, so Lexi Thompson, Morgan Pressel, and Sally Pearson. They all have something different that I want to carry on into whatever I decide to do in my life. Um, so Lexi, just being the person that she is from such a young age, she's had a lot of pressure on her, but she look at the golfer that she is now. She's succeeding, she's got sponsors, she's making money, she's performing at a higher level. You've got Morgan Pressel, who's, I think she's now retired and now um, a commentator on the, um, the Golf Channel, but the person that she is and the person that she wants to be around her fans is just something. Explain that a bit more. Um, when you say the person she wants to be around her fans. Yeah, so yeah. she, she's the one that would finish her round and spend three hours signing something for somebody or for as many people as they want. She's the type of person that I met um, in Australia and then met her in America again and then I saw her about four years later and she knew exactly who I was. She follows me on Instagram. She replied, If I ever message her having a question about... Um, what do you think of this sponsor or what do you think of you know this event or should I go to college or should I not she'll reply to me if I have a question kind of thing and it's like you have so many followers you meet so many different people every day but you decide to be that person that 
everybody can look up to and it's just something amazing she just sounds totally genuine she definitely is and i'm like i'm so glad that i got to meet her and figure out the person that she is totally humble actually which yeah. is great to hear from a sporting icon yeah definitely yeah. and then sally pearson so she's not a golfer obviously um, superb human being yeah yeah, yeah. um but she, when she steps onto that track she's a completely different person she's there she's there to win she's there to beat everybody and as soon as she's crossed that line she's back to being such an amazing person obviously never met her but from what i can see like she just seems like she wants to help everybody you know get more young kids boys girls into the sport and i don't think you can ask for anybody better than having two separate mindsets but being able to maintain both of them at such a great level yeah, so I think, you know, if you think of Sally Pierce, and I still remember vividly the 2012 Olympics, and I was swimming training in the morning at Danazavi College, and there was me and three other people jumped out of the pool, flicked on the TV, standing there in our soaking wet speedos uh, to actually watch her in the final of the Olympics. And it's over in, you know, 11 seconds, uh, just un- just under 12 seconds. And it was just... When the gun went off, I thought she was going to lose it. Yeah, but it was she. She just didn't get that normal, amazing start. Well, not you know. I, I was just my heart was beating to four hundred beats per minute even before she started. Because I, I actually agree with you. She's she's actually never having met her, uh, but she just seems to be the most humble and wonderful human. And but she is very focused at what she does. Absolutely. For that thirteen seconds or twelve seconds, she is unbelievably focused, and yeah. nothing can get in the way. And you can't make a mistake. You can't have a bad hurdle like you could have a bad hole. Yeah. You know, so you can't make that up. Yeah. So it's uh, it has to be unbelievably focused. But we'll have to change that. You having not met her, so we'll see what we can do there. I wish. Yeah. So no, we'll make a few phone calls. I know yeah. someone who knows her quite well. <laughs> so so we'll see what we can do. But. Keely, your your mindset, who you are as a young girl, watching you from puking in your mum's hair to to actually yeah, <laughs> so, to um, to actually becoming a world champion. I know we as soon as I saw that, you know, I, I sent Jamie a text as well, and I think I think because he's a hacker, but it was um, I think I think he just thought, whenever I send him a text on Sundays because I've had some thought process and I'm not working. It's Sunday. It, so. it, was, it was a nice one. This it time. was a nice one. So look what she's done. <laughs> so it's, uh, so we secretly been following you, Keely. Uh, but unbelievable congratulations uh, to you and everything you've done but one of the things I want to get across today to our listeners is that you have natural talent because of your hard work Uh, you have got sporting genes in the family there's there's no doubting that with your mum and dad as well but at the same time you have put in an amazing amount of hard work you've got through the setbacks Uh, you're an amazing young kid I have actually said you are a sponsor's dream uh, so and I've said that to your dad on numerous occasions. I think he's starting to realise that himself. So I said you are an absolute sponsor's dream as a young kid. And I think you just have the brightest future ahead of you, uh, you know, all the way up until you're old like your parents. So I'm the same age. So it's uh, up to that, but you just have the brightest future ahead of you. So I would like to unbelievably sincerely thank you for coming in today. Uh, we did invite you to do this by teams if you had to go and train, but thank you so much for coming in today as well. It's really, we really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was really good to chat with you guys. Thanks, Kelly. 
Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond & Co., which we are an authorised representative of Gown Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Coffin Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kofkin Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kofkin Bond and Co. and the hosts of the Kofkin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.